Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, TP. Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Tyler Pacholke, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric, the Duke of Sports. Scalar, what's up, Duke? What's up, man? How you doing? How'd you like that? Oh, no, it was pretty good. It was a nice intro. Yeah, I liked it. Switch it up on people, right? Yeah, a little change of pace. Uh, before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow the TSK Show at the TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, if you want to find myself, I'll be on Twitter at uh tyler's underscore world underscore before be sure to follow eric at the duke of sports um all the content can be found on soundcloud or apple Podcasts. just type in the keyword tsk show check us out on anchor as well anchor.fm slash tsk show or just download the anchor app for your iphone or android uh rivalry week yeah i I blew it how you feeling i'm not feeling so good i'm uh i'm currently in a todd Gurley t-shirt as as the bet was to rock the other team's colors. Yep, yep. Um, he is also taking a two-one lead on the all-time series. Yes, I have. So the, this was the third, the third installment of Ram Seahawks for the TSK show. Yep. Um, he's up two-one. I'm in the Todd Gurley shirt. You're looking real um, good in that blue right not, now. Not the best, not the best day for me, but. Uh, we're going to preview everything that's coming up in week six for the NFL. Uh, we're also going to give you my new power rankings brought to you by the Cut Barbershop. And then we're going to go through our picks of the week. Um, we're also going to touch up on what happened with Connor and Khabib at UFC 229 and then finish up with the NBA two-minute drill. Yeah. So uh, how'd you do, Duke? How, how, how'd fantasy go? Uh, I, I'm on a roll right now. No, fantasy fantasy did not go uh, well for me this two week. Two weeks in a row. Uh, two and oh, so I got, I got a nice little four game win streak. I'm in first place, the TSK show Ugh. again. That's solid first place, too. Uh, outright. Well, uh, well, Corey's four and one as well, but I got more points. I got more points for and I got more points against, so I feel like I got it outright. Okay, well, no, I went, I went 0 and three, uh, in my leagues this week. I'm two and three in all of my leagues, so under 500, not, not a good start. Um, my only top performer in the TSK show league this week was Melvin Gordon, but some breaking news. I, uh, before we started recording this, I made a trade with, uh, your, uh, your, uh, our good friend, Corey Golob. Boy, he's feeling generous. <laughs> uh, I traded uh chargers wide receiver, Mike Williams for Vikings quarterback, Kirk cousins. That's, I mean, you, you got a, you got a, a tier one quarterback for a guy who signed off the waiver. So I think that that's a good deal for you. Yeah, I hopefully it's gonna work out. Um, I'm not, I'm not pumped about it, but I'm gonna let it fly. Well, listen, it's not the worst trade ever. Uh, I'm a big. I drafted Mike Williams. I'm, I'm actually pretty sure I'm the one that drafted Mike Williams in our league and dropped him. Um, it wouldn't or, surprise me. So I'm actually a Mike Williams fan, and I'm not a. You know how I feel about uh, the Vikings. So well, um, he, here's my thing: is it's Stafford's bye week. I have Mariota as my backup, and you know what? I need I need to make a change. I'm I'm two and three right now. It's it's time to shake things up. I don't know off top, but I know Kirk Cousins has got to be close to the top five in fantasy points this year. For I would think so. So and there's been some ungodly numbers thrown up. So I think that's a good deal. That's probably going to work out for you. Yeah. Um, and it's like we have a really good league. Um, it's very it's been very competitive. 
And it's and it always makes everything better when there's eight teams in the playoffs. So you feel like you always got a shot. Yeah, and, no, uh, there's still hope for me. I think after week five, you want as many teams to be at two and three or three and two as possible. Um, and I think we got eight of the twelve are at two yeah. and three or three and two. So everyone's in it. Yeah, my my guy, my game was actually pretty dramatic. I was down twenty six going into Monday Night Football um, against your buddy uh, Zach Johnson and. Um, I also had going was Mark Ingram and Will Lutz, and they ended up uh, just squeaking it out. I think they scored 29 combined to get me the three-point win. Well, so. in spe- speaking of dramatic finishes uh, in, my, in one of my other leagues, going into Monday Night Football, I was down 22.3 points, and I had Adrian Peterson, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara going for me on so Monday you night. you told everybody it was a lock already. Oh, I thought I had this in the bag, and I lost I lost by like 15. Yeah, Kamara and Thomas just unfortunately the two big touchdowns went to uh Ingram and uh I don't even know 10. who the I don't even know who the receiver was <laughs> that caught that caught the record breaker. Yeah, number 10, whoever number 10 is, he's the one that stole kind of the big plays and then Mark Ingram got those two goal and tutties. So that's yeah. that's all Michael Thomas and Kamara the last that, 4 weeks. Exactly. So. And now they're heading into the bye, so it's like, great, now I got to sit these two guys. Yeah, that's I'm not I, I'm not feeling bad for you to have Kamara and Thomas, so but the good news is, is I have Eric Ebron in all three of my leagues, and he's—I think he's like a top three or four scoring tight end this year so far. Oh, he has to be. Yeah, yeah, he's been crushing. But yeah, all right, let's let's get into uh, your power rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. Yeah, power rankings are getting good. Um, you can—I can tell by the like the way the teams are fluctuating. It, it's starting to be, you know, I have all these bubble teams that are going to fluctuate between those like eight, nine, 10 spots. Oh yeah. No, we're really getting into and, the thick of it. And right the now. top, you know, the top five, top six kind of settled in even Chicago has kind of made themselves the mainstay, which hey, is man. crazy. That's my pick for coach um, of the year. Um, but yeah, that's a great pick. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll jump into it at number 10 as usual. Uh, I'm going to start out with our Carson chargers. Wow. This uh, but, is the first appearance by them in the power rankings. No, um, I'm not sure. I always like the Chargers. I, I'm, I'm pretty well, sure I, they've they, got... but they were they had a terrible start last year. So that makes me think that they never really were able to crack into the yeah. top the top ten. So you could be right. I didn't do the research on that one. Um but they're three and two, which doesn't seem like super sexy, doesn't seem like something that's like a top ten team. But their only two losses um have come to the Rams and the Chiefs, uh, who are respectively the two undefe- undefeated teams yeah. um, in the NFL. And again, not trying to say there's good losses, but if those are your only two losses and you've taken care of the t- teams that you should be, like Oakland, San Francisco, and Buffalo, uh, then I'm going to give you some props for that. Um, if this team needs Bosa to make a run in the playoffs, but they have plenty of t- they have plenty of talent on defense to get through this regular season and be a playoff caliber team. Derwin James, the rookie safety, who we actually covered some during – we covered him during the draft period. Uh, we covered him as far as, like, rookie defensive he's, player of the year. He's my pick for rookie uh, defensive player of the year. And so, uh, yeah, it's good to see that he's leading the team in tackles. Um, they got a bunch of veterans. Uh, Melvin Gordon's having a great year. Uh, Austin Eckler looks like he's going to be a solid guy for them. Um, he's got, he, he's getting a lot of touches, actually. And, uh, yeah, so I, I like the Chargers um, at number 10. Although I think they're going to catch an L this week. You think they're going to lose to the Cleveland Browns? I got Baker while he's hot, man. I'm taking I'm taking Baker while he's hot. I like I like I can't Baker do it. Mayfield. I can't do it. The Drew Brees phenomenon is in the air for Baker to kind of take some of that in there with the short guy love. 
Um, hopefully, Russell Wilson gets some of that love as well. I don't think that's uh, going to happen anytime but soon. I think L.A. is going to go to Cleveland and lose. I got L.A. winning. Um, I think Cleveland's got a uh, Cleveland's got a good good looking squad, man. I've been ta- I've been saying it. The tie is going to the tie kind of fucks up my eight and eight prediction. Um, <laughs> but now, I mean, now eight seven and one. Now you're looking at you know that's a winning season. So. I like I like what Cleveland's doing. They're they're gonna win that game. I I just can't I can't do it. You can fight them all year. That's I'm fine. gonna fight them all year. It's not as cool like as me fighting the Vikings though because you know. Well, yeah. Everyone hates the Browns, man. Give like how can you? No, but no. Don't be Here, the no. don't let the Browns be the team that you. Everybody hate. everybody it can't is on their Browns bandwagon. Like, it can't though. be Browns and Clippers. Oh yes, it can. No, those it are can't two be. very hateable teams. I know, but you're just like man. We. These you gotta feel bad for about a point. These guys, no, are, these franchises, they do it to themselves. The ringer. They do it to themselves. Yeah. You can't deny that. The players that. don't do it to themselves, but the franchises are probably the, the players are the franchise, though. Uh, uh, to an extent, yes. To an All extent. right, see, to I got extent. you there. I to got an you there. The players are the franchise, but the the Cleveland Browns and Clippers have had good players. Uh, they just Debatable. Haven't, they haven't put it together. Debatable. Uh, number nine, I got another new team um, like the Chargers were. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at four and one. Surprise. First place in the AFC North. Uh, yeah, they are They are surprised. Um, I don't think they would have been this good this early. Uh, I like. I think that they were a competitive football team coming in. It just You just you didn't really know because Andy Dalton, um, he looks to be like – in the form that he was the first four years of his career. Yeah, there was a lot of promise then. Uh, their first four years, they went to the playoffs every single year with Andy Dalton um, and A.J. Green. Uh, and, you know, are we getting those Bengals or are we getting the Bengals of the last two, three years? So it's kind of hard to tell with them. They are the second team in my top ten now that I'm going to pick to lose this week. Um, I think they're going to they're playing Pittsburgh at home. Um, I, I'm, I'm just always waiting for Pittsburgh to rewrite the ship this week. You know what's funny is I also have Cincinnati losing because I also have faith that Pittsburgh is going to rewrite the ship this week. Yeah, I think all this, uh, I think all this Le'Veon Bell stuff is going to finally like settle in the dust, and I'm going to move move past it soon. Uh, not maybe not necessarily this week, but they're going to move past it soon. Um, and like Juju Smith Schuster, he's uh, he's kind of turned into another number one receiver for them. Yeah, and when you have right. Antonio Brown on the other side, it's Well, and this is what Pittsburgh does. I mean, they they're they're such a dominant uh I don't know if it's the drafting of the wide receivers that Pittsburgh's doing really well, if it's their player development that's doing really well, or if it's Ben Roethlisberger, but uh I think it's all of the above. You know, they tend they they just pump wide receivers out every single year. So, um Cincinnati, <laughs> you're in my top 10 this week. You're number 9 Cincinnati. Uh, but I am picking you to lose this week. You could be on the way out, and don't let the door hit you on the way exactly. out. Exactly. So, but beating Pittsburgh to go five and one, then they're looking really nice. That could be um, that could be a huge huge that, jump that's for a them. Huge start to the year, and you know it would be tough for them to kind of really wreck that ship. Definitely. Who you so, got at eight? Uh, number eight. This is a new team, but a, a new but old team. This team flirts with. This team's never never cracks eight though. This team's always eight, nine, or ten. That's Carolina Panthers. Always eight, nine, or ten. Coming off um, a bye, they're three and one. Coming off a bye, three, uh, three and one. Uh, no, they're coming off a win against the the Giants. They oh yeah, excuse me. They Sorry. had the first round of buys, but they they came off that last second. 63. The three and one threw me off. Yep. Um, 
They won off a 63-yard field goal. Graham Gano, baby. Against the Giants. Last For the week, brand, shout out Pat McAfee. Um, they're going to Washington this this week, uh, and I think they're going to get another win there. Yeah, that's um, I, I have that as a dub as well. So, th- you know, they've won two in a row, three three and one. Uh, the next four, the, the the next six games, they have four road wins. So I really think that that stretch, um, they're three and one right now. After those six games, we'll see where they're at. Um, yeah, I think th- we'll really be able it, to tell. This is going to be a true test because they're in such a tough division. You know, the Falcons look like. They're, you know, they only have one win so far, so it looks like it's going to be tough for them, but they can always turn it around. And I don't think anyone's going to catch the Saints as far as winning it. No. So to get a wild card out of the position is going to be tough. So, but I think after that stretch, we'll, we'll know what's going to go on. Yeah, as far as far as the NFC South goes, I, I'm ready to concede the, the to the Saints winning the division. Yeah, um, and then the the Panthers are also getting back Thomas Davis this this week from huge a for them game. on the defensive end. Uh, he's a he's a captain, um, and then they've also just signed Eric Reed, uh, playing safety. So that's big two, time. That's two big names to uh, to line up. And and I I just wanted to say this, this is my favorite uh, thing about the Panthers because I'm not a Cam Newton fan is. Uh, Best linebackers in the NFL, I think. I think they got the best. Do you think they have the best linebacking core? I think they have the best linebacking unit in the league. Um, Thomas Davis, a captain, a veteran. Uh, Luke Heakley, arguably the best at his position. Probably a top 10 defensive player in the league. And then the super athletic Shaq Thompson. Um, They're tough. Uh, I'm not a huge Panthers fan. Actually, before the show, the Panthers used to be the Vikings for me. I used to hate the Panthers like I hate the Vikings. But... (laughs) Um, yeah, can we t- can we talk about the Redskins real quick since they played on Monday night? Yeah, um, are they that bad that they just got whooped? Or hey, d- man, you or, know. or did Drew Brees' night just steal the spotlight and they just kind of like said fuck it? No, well, first of all, that would have been a very tough atmosphere to win in with the stop and go, you know, type of stuff. But yeah. um, uh, I don't like the Redskins at all. They were they were the coming into the season. I thought the Redskins were going to be last place in that division. Um, they're not last place, so they're they're better than I thought. But I just don't I don't see it. I like Alex Smith. They got a ton of respect for Alex, Alex Smith. They have a good running back duo. But after that, I mean, it's like yeah, you can you can throw out the name uh, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, DJ Swearinger, Josh Norman. Yeah, those are good names. Jordan Reed. Uh, um, but but it's like I don't like Jordan Reed. Yeah. Um, I'm not high on any of their receivers. Um, they have a, they have a solid line. Trent Williams is one of the best, but. You know, it's not a team that I I see that everybody else sees, but I they're also a team that always does better than I think. Um, so it's always hard for me to judge where they're at. But I think they're losing this week against the Panthers. Yeah, I have them losing as well. I don't know. I just think they just look like absolute Alex sh- Smith. Dog shit Alex last Smith night. is a manager, and I think he needs game breaking type of guys, and they just don't have that. Yeah, to I was me. just he. They don't you have know, that. Chris, Chris Thompson is a stud. He's uh, their Alvin Kamara. He's their scat back, do it all kind of kid. Um, Adrian Peterson's looking really good, but that's different than Tyreek Hill. It's you different know, than Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 well, and I mean, and for people that Alex Smith played with, yeah, you know, like with uh, they had Crabtree and Anquan Bolden and, and Frank Gore, and then he had. Um, in Kansas City, he had all these weapons that Patrick Mahomes is playing with. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the guy needs game breakers, and I just don't see him on Washington. All right. Um, so, yeah, I got Panthers at number eight. Who's going, your number seven pick? Going to win. Um, and then number seven, uh, up two positions from last week. So they're number nine. Um, they were actually number nine the last two weeks. This is a third week in a row. I didn't think they'd be back. They're the team coming off a of bye. It's the Chicago Bears. Yeah. 
they didn't play last week, but because everyone lost um, that I had, you know, everyone above them this lost. This was the exact scenario you thought wasn't going to happen. We, we talked about it last week. They're at number nine for the second week in a row, and I said they're probably going to be out of the top ten because of other teams. Um, but all those teams did not did not uh, did not produce. Um, and the thing here here's my thing. Simple math. I'll break it down for you in math for the Bears. I'm not, I'm not good at math, but hey, we'll yeah, try. Yeah, it's pretty easy math. Cleo Mack plus Mitchell's progression equals a revitalized Chicago Bears franchise. Sounds like two plus two equals four. They're not the team that we thought they were before the season started. No, uh, not at all. They are better. Got to swallow that pill. Wrong on the Chicago Bears. Three and one. Uh, only lost to the one-legged, amazing Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're going to Miami this week. And Miami's, you know. I have Chicago winning. Miami is one of those teams that can go 0-3 or 3-0 and and then 0-3. So um, I think the Bears are going to get that win in Miami this week. I agree. Um, so moving on up to their uh, division foe. Uh, this is the same position Green Bay was in last week, but I got Green Bay Packers staying in my number six slot. I know they're coming off a loss. They're 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Not necessarily the record you're looking for, but um, Aaron's playing well. Uh, they got they got their guys. I you know you know how I feel about the Green Bay. I think they can beat anybody. They're coming. They're playing on Monday Night Football this week, so I think they're going to get the win and uh, eventually catch up to Chicago and win this division again. Yeah, I, I have Green Bay bouncing back. Uh, I if, got it, I got it, them getting the dub this their week. Their two losses are on the road. If uh, if Clay doesn't get that penalty, they're three and zero at Lambeau. So I'm not ready to press a panic button on Green Bay. I'm definitely relaxing on Green Bay. Yeah, no, I think I think Green Bay has a better chance of righting the ship than honestly Pittsburgh does, at least, at least from what we've seen thus far. Yeah, and it's hard to pick these teams right now that aren't doing well, like Pittsburgh and Atlanta and Minnesota, especially and all these all these teams that have been mainstays because for the past all, couple of years. Well, and all those teams can make a run. That's like, what I'm saying. This is all spitballing. You know what I mean? Top ten, whatever. All these teams, like Green Bay can win three games to the Super Bowl. Bang. Easy. Yeah. They can beat anybody any week. Um, but they're not playing, you know, they're not playing perfect football. They're figuring it out. Uh, but they're going to be, they're a cold weather team, so they're going to be there in the end. Yeah. Moving into the top five. My top five is the same five teams. Uh, four and five switch spots. Uh, we're going to start out with number five, Jacksonville Jaguars, who dropped down one. Took an L. Their L is the Kansas City Um not a not a bad. When one. you lose to the best, it's it's, it's kind of hard to it's knock a, you down. It's another a couple one notches. of those, those. It's another one of those bad losses. It just sounds yeah. Stupid. But they really did or, get their ass or, kicked. Or good losses, but they did get their ass whooped. Um, and that that shows me that Kansas City, you know, is is uh is a is ahead above them right now. I think yeah. the offense is the difference maker. But uh, Leonard Fournette only twenty carries on the year. Um, and I also think there was some breaking news. I think uh, Jacksonville just signed Jamal Charles. They did. I saw that. Um, to come in. Um, so that, on the running back note, it's kind of been a downfall. They lost all those big names like Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, and Marquise Lee, a wide receiver. D.D. Westbrook's been a nice little, like, bright spot for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're well, down one just because of the loss to Kansas City. Not a big deal. And coming in, they're playing Dallas. In Dallas, I like them to go up into Jerry's world and get the dub. Yeah, I like them to get the dub mainly based off of their defense because I don't have any faith in Dallas's offense. But my biggest takeaway from Jacksonville from this past Sunday is they got to be able to score. That and Blake Bortles is just back to his inconsistent self. Well, it, well, he's consistently inconsistent. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You never know what you're going to get from him. He is the measuring stick. They go as far as he goes. He plays well. They're unstoppable. So moving into number four, this team's up one from last week. So that's the New big, England Patriots. Big top five matchup for your power rankings on Sunday Night Football. Well, and there was one last week too. Yeah, there was a big yeah. Yeah, Kansas City and Jacksonville played last week, um, and then and then we got New England, Kansas City this week. So in New uh, England, in New England, um, I'm picking New England to win. So am I. Um, I think this is a game that uh, New England's going to take very very seriously, so they can. I think they really need to establish dominance in the AFC again because they've already lost to Jacksonville. New England cannot lose to Jacksonville and Kansas City and give both of those young teams like any experience sort of, yeah. beating them. Yeah, like they can't they, get, they're not unbeatable to them. You know, they can't give them any sort of glimmer of hope. So um, I think you know, unfortunately, what New England's gonna have to do is shoot it out with them, which is Kansas City's strength, um, which is also New England's strength. But I think Tom's gonna have enough. Uh, I think Bill's going to get them prepared enough to take them down, um, and Patriots are going to take take claim to what's theirs again. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely see this as the what could be like the Patriots' like signature win that t- really has them turn the corner for this season. Yeah, I it, know I've said it's just, it's just you know another week with Gordon, another week with. Uh, and how about Gordon being the one that catches uh, touchdown number five hundred? Yeah, of course, that's my man right there. <laughs> That's it. That's all he does, man. And, and it's like another game, another week with Edelman. You know, uh, this team's only going to get better. Yeah, we, we know what these guys can do. Um, big, big top five matchup, and we have we have the number four seed uh, upsetting the number two seed this week. Yep, yep, definitely. And 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 really showing the NFL that they still are the team to beat. For which, sure. Uh, which I think we always knew. For sure. Um, coming in at three, the big time, the big one. It's the big one, Saints. They got a bye week this week. They're uh, lucky. Coming off the win against uh, Washington. A uh, huge win, obviously. Historical night. Yep. Um, I wanted to do my shout-out of the week this week right now. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Go for it. Sorry to interrupt the, uh, interrupt the power. Hey, ratings, you, did the, you did the intro tonight. You can do you can do your shout-out whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's just like we can go over the Saints. We've been over the Saints. I, mean, I want to talk about one guy, and that's Drew Brees. Um, he's one of my all-time favorites. I tried to tried to hash it out where he really lied as far as like one of my all time favorites. He's definitely a top five quarterback, and he's definitely a top ten player overall for me all time. Um, this kid's pretty high f- praise. This kid's five ten. Um, this kid, you, you know, he he's a monster, uh, all time leading scorer in yards thrown. Um, he's completed more passes than anybody, and he's completed them at a higher percentage than anybody else ever has. Um, but that's. That's uh, that's that's the stuff everybody knows. I'm gonna talk about. Uh, I don't know. You know, people probably heard snippets if they watched the game about you know the whole his injury that he suffered and and just I wanted to uh, talk about that because it shows who Drew Brees really is and like the shit that he's overcome. Um, but basically, he played. He was drafted by San Diego, played for the Chargers, um, and he in you know a couple years in they drafted the, uh, a kid named Philip Rivers who sat behind uh, Drew Brees and Drew Brees suffers uh, one of the worst shoulder injuries um ever for a quarterback on his shoulder on his throwing shoulder mind you um so he's in san diego he has he has a you know a season ending injury uh, and and this thing actually ends up being career threatening injury um they give him like a 25 percent chance to throw football again man um but he 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 goes to dr james andrews 
Famous, famous sports, famous sports. Doctor. Probably the only doctor that people really know. Maybe other than the CTE guy. But yeah, I, probably. But I don't know that guy's name. So, um, <laughs> case in point. But but he had a 360 degree tear of the labrum, which I don't know what that means, but it sounds like the whole thing tore. Well, if, it's, if it's a joint degrees. and it's 360 degrees, that sounds bad. 50 percent tear of his rotator cuff and dislocating, you know, the shoulder down to the bottom joint, down to the lower joint of his throwing shoulder. Um, basically like they didn't even know if he was going to throw again. Right. And, and, uh, Miami had Miami had signed him and they were, they, or I can't remember if they signed him or they were in negotiations with him. Probably negotiations. And and basically, uh, the Miami dolphins passed him up and they signed Dante Culpepper, um, and the new Orleans scenes signed Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is history. Obviously, uh, Drew Brees ends up in new Orleans and does what he does. But, uh, in Miami at that time, the head coach was Nick Saban. Uh, the Alabama head coach, and um, it's a, it's just a funny little thing to think about uh, the butterfly effect. Yeah, what if what if Drew Brees goes to Miami and well, Nick it's, Saban it's stays? Like, it's a couple of things, you know. Like if they didn't have Philip Rivers, would they let Drew Brees go? Um, if Drew Brees goes to Miami, uh, do they become a dominant force? Does Nick Saban never leave the NFL? You know what I mean? And then it's like Alabama's never Alabama. Um, that's but that's pretty- getting that's getting off track because we're talking about Drew Brees here, uh, and. Th- and just to overcome that injury, that shows you a lot about him. To be such a short guy, um, transcending the position, shows a lot about him. And then it's like the one thing I love is him and Sean Payton. Um, 12 oh, yeah. 12 years together. They started in New Orleans in the same year in 2006. I think a year later was Hurricane Katrina. Yep. Um, they win a Super Bowl together. And another thing is like for 12 years, at, you know, and you see court, you see coaches with the headsets and you see quarterbacks, you know, you know quarterbacks have something in their headset. Sean Payton is talking to Drew Brees in those headsets. That is yeah. who's communicating. It's a direct line. That is not the case. That's you know. That's, that's not always the case with every quarterback. That's not Tom and Bill. Okay, Tom and Bill are not doing that. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are not doing that. This is like, this is a special relationship that these guys have. They're on the same page. Um, and yeah, man, I just can't. I can't talk highly enough about Drew Brees. Well, you and know what, what he's done. I mean, to to go off your point about Sean Payton and Drew Brees is. They're in like I believe it's like the top three or the top five in quarterback coach wins mm-hmm. and all of that. Sean Payton missed a full year too because he got suspended because of Bounty Gate. Oh yeah, yep, yep. And in those twelve years, um, Drew Brees has only uh, missed two games and they've won one Super Bowl together. So uh, yeah, shout out Drew Brees. Man. I have one it's question the, for the, you about Drew all, Brees. All time, uh, Dan, Dan Marino, John Elway, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, whoever the fuck you want to throw out there, he's he, he's he's right there with them. He did it better. I mean, as far as st- stats go, he, he I have it. one question for you. As far as Drew Brees goes, what do you have to say to the crowd that argues about how he's an indoor quarterback and how his numbers are a lot or significantly less impressive outdoors? Um, that's like nitpicking to me because like certain styles favor certain days. You okay. Know, what day is it? Who 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 do you favor? You know, if it's if it's like you know you if if that's the case, then like Tom Brady only won Super Bowls in in a in AFC East championships because of bad weather. You know, if Drew Brees is winning because of he's playing in the dome, like then Brady's playing against people that have to play outside, and they're they have the worst chance of winning. You know, it's, yeah. it's more the weather than I don't like to put the weather in any control because every team's got to play. Um, you know. If a dome team, if a dome team goes outside, they struggle. If a cold weather team goes inside, they get lit up. It's a, it's a nitpick thing, I think. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, I don't think. I just saw. I saw a couple. Plus, like watch Drew Brees. You know, there's there's things like okay, six foot, five ten, whatever. That's what everybody knows. The prototype, six four, six five. But it's like watch him throw. I mean, he's getting up on his toes every time he watches it. His eyes are downfield. He's like the perfect mechanical quarterback. Yeah, for he's sure. Also, he's also the all-time leader in completion percentage. Um, he completes a better percentage than 99% of humans can complete against no defense. <laughs> it, no defense. Nobody. 99% of humans, if they threw passes to Joe Blow, they couldn't complete more of them against no defense than he has in the NFL. And on top of that, he is the king at throwing the ball away. He, he has pinpoint accuracy at throwing the dirt. Watch Drew Brees play. I guarantee you there's at least two times during the game where there's a screenplay he throws in the dirt. Good decisions. Good decisions, right? Well, yeah. Listen to Tony Romo comment a Drew Brees game, and he'll say, like, all these incomplete passes, great decisions. Like, if they wouldn't have been incomplete, it would have been worse. Okay. So it's like on top of him being at the all-time leader at completion percentage, he's like the king at throwing it away, which hurts that percentage. You, you, you <laughs> yeah, know it's like he knows when to throw it away at the right like, time. Like, he could complete every single pass if he wanted to against an NFL defense, and 99% of humans – can't do it against no defense like yeah. if if you went outside with me right now i played quarterback like my whole life i could not hit you like if we threw 100 balls i could not hit you 77 times I, that's just it's the fucking facts and <laughs> I, I would love for someone to challenge it one percent of people okay all right number two we kind of talked about them already though the kansas city chiefs yeah yep, yep. They, like, yeah obviously traveling up to uh to new england um, it's a tough matchup going in, going in there five and zero, going to Foxborough. You're off, you're coming off the win. And that's just a tough two weeks in general for yeah. these teams. Like man, Kansas Kansas City, New England, and Jacksonville mixing it up in weeks four and five is just insane. So that's a really really tough stretch. And I'm not going to give Kansas City a hard time about it because you know like mentally to get up for Jacksonville, get the win, and then go up to New England and get the win. That would be extremely impressive. And I also have written down here in my notes. Now, I didn't even – I forgot about this. Uh-oh. I'm saying right now, though, if they get back-to-back wins against Jacksonville and New England, they're leapfrogging um, L.A. Whoa. That's just too – that's too That's too impressive. That's that's something you do in the playoffs. You know what I mean? That shows a playoff, like, no, run. No, listen. And, and, the, and, and the only reason I say this is because the Rams haven't gotten the opportunity to beat the same – they haven't right, had exactly. that match. Exactly. Yet. They haven't. So it's had not anything. They're. I think they're going. I think the Rams are going to go up and get be six and zero as well. But if it comes down to Chiefs six and zero, Rams four and zero. Rams six and zero. I think just because of strength of schedule, just the college football ass. Like they no, beat I, these these. Yeah. People. No. You you have some better wins. No. I I, I yeah, see what you're saying. Yeah. But it doesn't mean shit for the long run. No. All right. Number one, obviously. Number one, one thing, new word with this team. It's not balanced. That's not <laughs> the word anymore. That's not what I want to hear anymore. I'm done with balance. Throwing it, out, throwing it in the trash. Well, no, 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 no. Nope. Uh, this, team's, this team's word, consistency. That's what these fuckers do. The first five games, they've scored 33, 33, 34, 35, 38. Okay. Okay. Pretty consistent. This is an offensive football team. There is an offensive coordinator, like we just talked about Peyton, is in. Sean McVay is in Jared Goff's ear. Nobody exactly. else. This is an offensive, like Andy Reid and Sean Payton. This is an offensive coordinator, head coaching, an offensive juggernaut. And the balance word got thrown out there because of the names on defense. But they've given up 31 twice. 
they do have one shutout. So they're they're they are inconsistent on defense. But where their consistency lies and why they are winning football games is because you cannot stop them on offense. Yeah, you won't be able to outscore them. They are an offensive team. I but, don't th- I don't think that the, I don't I don't see it as the same spread as like Minnesota. The only reason they've been inconsistent on defense though is injuries. That's but you know we're not going to go through every team and be like well this injury affected them in this game this you know injuries happen everyone's got injuries for sure for sure everyone's got injuries um, that offense is just is so dominant now that uh, it's an offensive football team it's an offensive coordinator a head coach in the team and that and those 33, 33, 34, 35, 38, that's um, – so you, you – so, so basically, like, you got to score five fucking touchdowns if you even want to get close to the Rams. For sure. And, I mean, the good news the, – the, the really good news is that uh, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks had looked good and didn't really show any signs of any concussion symptoms when they went through concussion protocol stuff. Yeah, so they, yeah. they are looking good to go for week Cooper six. Cooper Cup, for sure, 100%, my favorite Ram. Hey, that's fine with me. Yeah, Todd Gurley's my favorite Ram, but down, hey, d- down with Coop, man. Go, go Eagles. I will say that Ram Eastern Eagles. That that Rams T-shirt jersey looks real nice on you. Hey, you know what? I'll wear it. Um, Seattle's had their day. I've, I've it's we've, time. We've done our thing against the Rams, uh, and we got another shot at it. Uh, last year, both both the way you guys won. are not going to beat us in the Coliseum. Not a chance. Hey, if I do exactly what I did last time and just get obliterated before the game and show up to the stadium, <laughs> they'll win again. Well, we're when's the game? Uh, November like eleventh or something like that. Okay, right. or, I don't know. We'll figure like it out. 15, I don't know. It's right around there. All right, I'm ready to go. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the the power rankings brought to you by the Cut Barbershop. Let's run through it one um, more time. One through that 10. was kind of a weird one. Got split up in the middle there on my Drew Brees shit. Kinda. But, Drew Brees, man, long live the short quarterback. Um, Let's run through it one more time, though, 1 through 10. Yep, L.A. Rams, and then uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Saints, Patriots, Jaguars, uh, then the Packers, the Bears, the Panthers, the Bengals, and the Chargers. All right. And then uh, for the remaining games, uh, real quick, let's talk about how we did as far as our picks of the week went last week. What was your record, and where you, where do you stand now for the season? I am nine. I went nine and six last week, which is I think the third week in a row. Um, and sounds uh, pretty consistent for you. Yeah, not good. And then forty two and thirty six. Forty two and thirty six. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because is, is yours off? I don't think so. Because I went twelve and three this week, and I'm forty three and thirty six. Yeah, then then uh, then one of us is definitely off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, a nine and six. You know, it's I the, these good teams keep taking L's. I, I it's it's a weird it's a weird uh, weird year. It's been hard for me to pick. So yeah, hey, I'm very impressed with myself. The fact that I went twelve and three last week. Do you know what your record was last week? I believe it was thirty one yeah. and thirty three. You know, uh, nah, because I think so. Then it would have been thirty two and thirty three. No, I think it was thirty and thirty-three because I think I was thirty-three and and thirty, and that's why I thought we were we were going to be tied this week. Okay, so I'm forty-two and thirty-six. That's what. Okay, see, I thought we, we are gonna, tied. I thought there was a three-game spread, and when I won nine, you said twelve. I thought we would have. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Last week we were thirty-three and thirty, and you were thirty and thirty-three. All right, so we're forty. I'm forty-two and thirty-six. We're squared up. This is obviously why I was a journalism major and not a math major. Yeah, math's hard. Yeah, counting's hard. 
All right. So uh, we start with the Thursday night game. Yeah. Um, NFC East, the only t- the only division in football that didn't have a top ten team this year this week. This division is trash this year. Uh, it's inconsistent, and nobody knows who's the good team. Which is, if you're a fan of one of these teams, I'm stoked because anyone can win it. Yeah, it's still up for grabs. I, I mean, guess. anybody can win this thing. The Giants could win this thing. You you win three games in a row, and then it's like fuck, they're in first place. You know, like any whoever it is. Um, but I like the Eagles going going into New York and get the win with that, with all the Odell Beckham shit. I just think that that franchise they're one dimensional on offense. Odell's not happy. Eli's you know Eli. <laughs> Eli's it's, Eli. It's just uh, they don't have the defense that they had. They don't have that NASCAR package. Um, protecting protecting eli so well we are tied right now in this as far as our records go and this is where i might break away because i got the giants winning odell said he is sick of catching those short passes and trying to turn them into something big i think they're gonna go long this week well and he wants more targets he thinks that like he hasn't been able to showcase his ability which i agree with him volume but um that's because Eli is not a guy that forces the ball to guys. There's some quarterbacks out there that got chemistry with guys um, that just make it happen. There's some guys out there that like Russell that just you never know what the fuck's going to happen. They're scrambling around whoever gets open. And then there's guys like Eli Manning and Alex Smith and these players that they throw to who's open, which is to me is the they most – They make the right play. Yeah, to me is the most dangerous quarterback because if you're, you got your skill players can make plays, then whoever whoever gives you the best chance to make a play, that quarterback's always going to find him. Yeah, for uh, sure. But when it's Odell Beckham and the defenses are shading to Odell, then Eli's going away from him yeah. because that's the smart decision as far as like a team aspect. Yeah. But when it comes to, you know, that's where it's like, you know, there's, there's two different people. It's, you know – the volume scores, throw me the fucking ball and I'm going to make the play. Yeah. Give me enough chances and I will make the play. Or it's the other side I just talked about where I'm going to take what the defense is giving me. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we disagree on who's going to win this game. Let's see. Let's see how it turns out. There we go. And the Cleveland game. Well, yeah. All right. The next game we got an NFC South matchup. Uh, looks like two of the teams that are going to be at the bottom of the barrel of this division. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in at two and two, going to the ATL to take on the Falcons at one and four. I got the Falcons winning this game. I got the Falcons winning this game. Although I do think Tampa Bay's prime to win the game because I think this game's going to be a, a shootout. Week, um, and Atlanta's struggling, but I think Atlanta's going to win because they're the better football team. Football yeah. team. Yeah, I think Atlanta's a mu- the much better football team. But I would not be surprised if Deshaun Jackson. Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, and Julio Jones all had touchdowns this game. That could happen. That could happen. Tampa Bay, they're just not the same team to me anymore. No, they're not. Weeks one, two, and three, they were they were Fitz Magic. Now they're the Bucks. Yeah, they that fizzled out real quick. Um. So yep. Next game we got we got the the West Coast matchups yep. now. Um. Seattle going to Oakland. I'm surprised this is a ten o'clock game. Seattle to Oakland? Yeah, it's a 10 o'clock game. Is it in Oakland? Yeah. That is weird. Yeah, right? That seems really weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's throwing me off. I don't understand. Uh, well, I got the Seahawks winning. So do right, I. Whatever fucking time the game starts, <laughs> I got the Seahawks Whatever winning. time it is, it's game time, and the Seattle uh, Seahawks are coming. going to gonna get a dub, right? Yep, yep. I'm not I'm – not, uh, I, li- I like – Another one, another another thing, another time. It's 
there's no such thing as a, bad, a good loss, but the, the loss that they just took to the Rams, um, I think there was a lot of good to take away from it. No, listen, the, the Seahawks didn't lose that game. They did everything they had to do to win that football game. It's just the Rams were the better team. They got, they got, they made the right, they made the the play at the time they needed to make it. Exactly, and, and that's a good football team. That's what wins games. And that says a lot with having a player like Earl Thomas who usually makes those plays. I not think guy, in the game. I think guys are stepping up, and you know now what I really like, I really just feel like this team really reminds me of that team when Russell uh, first got there, and we had all these guys coming in. We don't know who Richard Sherman was. We didn't know who Bobby or KJ no, he was a was. receiver in college. You know what I mean? We didn't know who these guys were. We don't know who the guys that are on this team are now. Um, now that they're giving the opportunity, uh, you know, Frank Clark and and the Griffin twins and Tedrick Thompson and McDougal and all these guys are going to have these opportunities to really shine now. And and I think that. I'm not ready to give up. I think I think they were on the good pace in that game against the Rams. I think showed a lot of uh, good things. I think you guys still have a chance to, at that to, wild card. And, and just you know, still got you know, getting hundred yard rushers again. I think is like we won <laughs> Super Bowls because we had Marshawn running the ball up the middle, and that allowed Russell to do all the Russell bullshit that he does. It doesn't matter about offensive line, defense, all this shit. At the basic of it, we controlled the football. Um, our, when, when our defense got on there, they were fresh and ready to rock. 100%. Um, and, and that run game made Russell Wilson great. Russell Wilson needs the run game. Um, having 100-yard rushers is absolutely crucial for, for the Seahawks. And so different names, but I like that we're getting back to the fundamental style of football. Yeah, it's getting play. back to the basics. So, uh, yeah, we've got Seattle winning that one. So do I. Um, next is Arizona going to Minnesota. I got Minnesota winning this game. I got Minnesota winning this game, too. I hope Minnesota just blows them out. I hope Kirk Cousins goes off for 35 points because yep. I just traded for him. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I want Arizona to lose. I, I want I want Arizona to be a team in the NFC West. It's like – it's like I don't no want even, I want Arizona and San Francisco to be like the teams. It's like I don't even give a shit who they're playing. They're yeah. out of it. They're yeah. out of it. You they're know? like the Browns. That will make me feel better about the Seahawks wild card chase. So, I, uh, I agree. Uh, yeah, I real got quick, Minnesota winning that game. Real quick, though, now that we finally talked about uh, all four teams that have had a tie, they all have the same record. How crazy is that? They're all good football teams, too. Well, I'm not ready to say Cleveland's a good football team yet. We know this. Well, three of them are really good football teams. I will agree with that. Like, it's not just good, but three of them are really good football teams. So those teams are extremely tough to gauge right now because, like I said, three-game win streak, all of a sudden they're 5-2-1. and one. Bam, top of the list. One and two, at, and you're sitting at three, four, and one. You're probably looking at the bottom of the list. So it, the, these teams are a really good football team, and I expect them to do what I said first. But Yeah, no, I mean, I could see Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota all in the playoffs. I would expect them to be in the playoffs. Exactly my point. And Cleveland. No, 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 no. 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 We're not, then, no. Hey, hey. But Pittsburgh having that tie too that really helps out that really helps out Cleveland all right the next matchup we got is the Indianapolis Colts yep. uh, Indianapolis Colts going to the New York Jets yeah I got Sam Darnold winning this game for the Jets I, I got Andrew Luck win this game purely just Andrew Luck I'm giving Andrew Luck one I, I think he's got to go out and get this one himself I think that T.Y. Hilton's health is the biggest question uh, don't get me wrong Andrew Luck has seemed to have found a nice target in Eric Ebron. He's done very well for me in fantasy. Yeah, but he, he drops balls too. I mean, he that's does. What he does, so that's yeah, that's he, that's yeah, my biggest concern with him. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just think Andrew Luck's going to be able to beat that team just by himself. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think the Jets got a lot going on. Although they found a couple offensive pieces. Yeah, we'll see. And Nunez is playing really well for them. He has been. All right, the next matchup we got is the Buffalo Bills going to Houston to take on the Texans. Tec- I, pr- I probably won't pick the Buffalo Bills for the rest of the year to win a game. I'm picking Buffalo to win this game. They're coming off a win. Nah, Come on, man. No. That was just the You're rookie. riding Cleveland, but you can't ride Buffalo? That was the rookie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That was the rookie magic. Um, last week was the first time in NFL history where four rookie quarterbacks all won their game. Yeah. In the same week. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Rosen and Baker in their home debuts. Yep. But uh, Houston's, Houston's getting that win. And then Houston gets this win. That's three in a row. They started 0-3 and, and then 3-0. and That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, Houston's uh, starting was, to. Uh, I, liked, I liked Houston. J.J. Watt was who I think the NFL predicted as like their first quarter defensive MVP. He has been. Yeah. Um, they just need something out of like the run game. Like, they cannot just have... It's too predictable, Will Fuller and DeAndre like, Hopkins. Dude, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins are going to run deep. Yeah. You stop that, you stop them. It's it's like Deshaun... Pretty ha- simple. Deshaun hasn't shown the takeovers, the takeoverness yet. That he hasn't had that game where he's just like, wins them the game. Um, he's relied on the vertical game too much in the defense. So, uh, But I, I like them to win that game at home. Well, that's, that's the way for me to separate myself. Yep. All right, last game, two teams that are three and two that I don't think we thought would be three and two at this point. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. I got Tennessee winning this game. I got Baltimore winning. <laughs> I like Baltimore. A lot of discrepancies this week. I'm not a big Tennessee fan, um, but I like and I and I am a big. I am actually a Baltimore Ravens fan, so uh, I like the way Joe Flacco is playing, spreading the ball around. They're throwing the ball really well. Their offense is ranked extremely high in the NFL. Uh, top five in almost every stat. And uh, I, I'm looking for Tennessee to fall off. It, I, it wouldn't shock me. I think they just got one, they got one more in them for me. Uh, I'm ready I'm ready for Tennessee to fall to the wayside, um, and I'm ready for all three of those other teams to take over. Yeah. I think all three – I think Houston, um, Houston Colts, and, and Jacksonville all are looking good this week. Yeah. I mean, that, that division is definitely not uh, looking the way we thought it was going to look. It's early. We'll see. <laughs> All right, that ra- that wraps it up for the football this week. Yeah, um, good stuff. Something something we don't usually talk about, but I mean, this is obviously just we, we have to talk about it. Yeah, good. is uh, yeah. U- UFC two twenty nine, uh, Conor McGregor versus Khabib. It was a, I thought it was a pretty good fight in the octagon, and then I obviously out of the octagon after. Was yeah, the story a melee. the story with these guys is off court. Um, you know, it's like once you get who once you raise the hand. Well, they uh, didn't. They didn't even raise the hand. Well, you mean well, okay. Once there's a winner, then it's like then nothing else mattered. The only thing that mattered in that fight, it didn't matter who won and how they won. It was who won. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. It mattered who won. It didn't matter how they won it. Right. It was who's gonna win and then what's gonna happen now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's obviously personal. Um, this is like kind of the weird spot the UFC's in, where it's like you have uh, you kind of have two two roads. You have Connor who's selling a fight. Um, Connor, who's kind of he, his mouth is the ticket for his sure. Mouth is the money. Um, there wouldn't have been as many eyes on this match if it wasn't for Connor. He's ar- He's not. He's not like the clear Michael Jordan. He's ar- You know, he's arguably one of the best fighters in the UFC. But not everybody's like Connor McGregor is the best fighter. Right. He's not the pound that's for not, pound best. That's not how people uh, view it. Um, and so his mouth sells the fight, and then it's Khabib is like 
just like I fight people and I fucking win. And, and he's undefeated. And this is the kind of shit that Nick and Nate um, always used to complain about, about fighting everybody always. Never, you know, they'll fight anytime, anywhere. Yep. And in the, in the, they're the type the of guys UFC, that are about, the about UFC it. can't really def- decide if they want to be. Do you want to be the league that like the best martial artists win the belt? Or do you want the belt fights to be the most entertaining? Right. Are you, and that's the are, difference between the UFC and the WWE. Are you the Olympics or are you the WWE? You know what I mean? That's, that's Great more, point. that's more where I think it's like, it should be like this. And and I think Khabib even said it. It was like this is a respect sport, you know. And For that, sure. And that's you know you think I think of guys like uh, uh, George. Uh, 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 George, goddamn, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Um, anyways, you know it's a respect sport, and I think you know are they going to George St. Pierre? George St. Pierre, yeah. Is he like the Tim Duncan of the sport? Right? I guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. He's a respect guy, though. That was right. like you know what I mean. Um, and I think. I think that's why this whole thing is like it's like a metaphor for the UFC in general. It's yeah. like you got these two things that just clash where Khabib took everything personal and, it, and exactly. shit's about to happen outside the box or outside the octagon and Connor's selling a fight. Right, exactly. Connor Connor was don't get me wrong, I'm sure Connor felt a certain way about Khabib in the no, time. I'm of sure Con I'm sure it's more I'm sure it's personal for Connor, and I'm sure it's even more personal now, but it wasn't the same level that Khabib had. Exactly. It's still more personal for Khabib. Growing up in America, like, I feel like most American kids would be like, yo, like, there was always a stigma of Russian athletes, like, for sure. basically training as young children and being scared to death of, like, failing. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's, like, you know, that's the seriousness of the sports over Dude, there. Dude, Khabib wrestled Bears as, like, you saw the videos, like, he's, like, maybe six years old and he's wrestling a bear yeah and that's and that's cool and i mean and he's a badass i mean he could fucking bang on you know and he's like <laughs> the best the best on the ground in the world probably but yeah this is like you know we'll see does khabib get a one-year suspension does he lose the belt um well did you see what his dad said no his dad said his sanctions were going to be a lot worse than the UFC sanctions. Yeah, Khabib said that, and that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. Do you want it to be? Do you want it to be that league, or do you want it to be the league that Conor and Floyd Mayweather and that and this kind of shit are happening? You yeah, know all the mean? promo like, shit. And I shouldn't even have said Floyd Mayweather. That's the wrong because he he did his thing. He wasn't all, always about it. Um, yeah, but Conor, it's just like you know, Conor is the man. Conor's a beast, and he could throw with anybody. Um, but it's like, you know, the UFC has got to figure out what, 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 how they're going to handle it and what they're going to do. And then moving forward, how are they going to reward these fighters? Yeah. I mean, it, who gets the big fight, the best fighter or the best sell, right? Exactly. Someone that can sell a fight. It, I mean, whose fault do you think all that was? Whose fault? Yeah. Oh man, I think it. I think it's Connor, Connor, and Khabib's team's fault. You think it's? You think it's? There's equal blame think, on both sides. I think the UFC like signed up for what they signed up for, and they've like like they it, knew what they were getting into. They ran it this way, but I think they knew. I don't think they knew what they were getting into, but I don't. I don't think it's their fault. Like, no, it's they not could, the UFC's they, fault. They couldn't have stopped this. No, you know this. I, mean? was, I think this was going to happen either like, way. Like, yeah, they could have never scheduled the fight, which is like one one thing, I guess. And like, but it's a business. But, you got to you got to make yeah, money. They got to sell the fight. The, this, if there's a fault in line, it's it's Connor and Khabib's teams. Yeah, that's where the beef's at. Yeah, because I think I think at the end of the day, it's two wrongs don't make a right. Obviously, Connor was wrong for what happened in Brooklyn. Nah, these dudes are fucking crazy asses. I mean, yeah, that shit's that shit's unreal. Um, and and it's it's crazy and it's crazy in its own way, but it's like is that the is that the 
the the league that you want to be or or do you want to have like these guys hug each other after they beat the shit out of each other yeah i mean my my initial like watching actually watching the fight in real time and seeing khabib hop over the hop over the fence and jump into the crowd it automatically flashes of the malice at the palace hit me and then i mean it was it's a it was a pretty disgraceful night for not just the ufc but for all the sports i feel like yeah, and I mean, but it's like, dude, these guys come from a different fucking place. They're like, both from, like, not, they're not from America. They're this, from different countries. And it's countries. not just America, dude. Yeah, dude. This is this place is not like anywhere. Yeah, dude. Like, we don't understand. I don't understand. I no. don't know. Like, he could be, you know, they could be like, "Fuck the UFC. We don't need these guys." Like, the UFC ain't shit in Russia, you know, or or whatever. It, obviously, Khabib was rolling at a different like level of personal like vendetta or 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 different motivations behind it whatever his motivation well were, you heard he had more than connor connor was trying to sell a fight and ultimately i think that's why he lost is because the motivation for the fight connor's was money and and khabib's, and khabib's was, was personal. personal yeah i mean you heard what khabib said after the after the fight when he finally was able to talk to the media a little bit is he went after my father he went after my religion he went he went yeah. after my country but the best part about it for the ufc is now is that it's personal for connor um, oh yeah but that's i mean that's kind of and that's a double-edged sword because is that is that a good thing because, does that mean we're gonna actually get a rematch well and it's like do you want the rematch you know i do like, everybody wants the rematch but it's like you know, connor already called dana white and said i want the rematch of course he did um but it's like i don't know that's a that's you're you're sliding on a slippery slope there. for sure um like connor mcgregor getting more personal into this and escalating the the personal seriousness like we couldn't how would they run like you know you can't put those two in the same room and no like not run, at all run these like weigh-ins and poster pictures and all this yeah shit. the press conferences it would be something completely different like would they not see like the last time they saw each other was in the octagon and the and then the next time they see each other is walking into the cage like yeah i don't know if they could pull that off so um well and did you did you see that like obviously, throughout. And I, the, I only think it's going to get worse as far as the personal shit. Well, yeah, because well, th think about this. Throughout all the like, after all the brawl and the melee all settled down and everything is like, some of Khabib's team was arrested because of what what they like how they all jumped into the ring and jumped Connor basically. Yeah, but course. Connor wasn't. Connor was like, I'm not pressing charges. Release him. Yeah, because because. It's fucking gangster shit. Now that's how that's how they're trying to roll, and that's how it's gonna, that's how it's looking. I mean, yeah. this is they're building something outside of the fight. Yeah, um, they're building. Something I definitely. The fight. It's, it's become a real life WWE thing. You know the shit that like like you couldn't script this. this no, is not like at all. Too, this is like insane. And I saw vi I saw videos of like the weigh in and the press conferences where. The fans, the Irish fans and the Russian fans, were getting in fights. Nah, it's gonna be yeah. It's 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 movie shit. It's rock. It's it's Rocky and Drago. It's but it but it's really like that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's we wanted to touch on that obviously because it's a, a huge moment, huge. Mm -hmm. It's a, a very, huge deal. I, th I think it's a big, big, big point in UFC. It's a yeah. Um, oh, for sure, it's momentous. It's one of the biggest things that's happened to the UFC in a long time, and um, they're at a crossroads. Um, and they got to figure out what they're what they're going to be. Yeah, but all right, let's uh, let's hop into this uh, all NBA two minute drill. All right, you uh, you want the first question or you yeah, want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, let me get the timer out really quick. We'll uh, make sure we do this right here. Let's do it. Um, that's the calculator. That's that doesn't keep time. No, I'll figure it out. There. We've had a lot of math on the show today. 
Yeah, stepping <laughs> our shit up. Um, all right, I got you. I'm gonna go. I'll go first. Um, all right, let's do it. Who? Give me. Give me. Let's. Uh, let's spitball a couple names. Who are some of the non-Lakers? So we, you know, I know. I know who. How we feel about those guys? Okay. Um, what are some of the non-Lakers that have had a good off-season, a good preseason? Um, guys, you may follow on social media. Um, who's someone that? Who's like, someone that I'm looking at? Who's someone that you think's like looking good coming this year? Not necessarily someone that's like. You know, like for example, Giannis's size that he put on. Yeah. You know, like, and I follow. You know, I follow a lot of NBA trainers, and like Aaron Gordon seems to have really like taken a step in his game. Yeah. Um, Markel Fultz. You know, he's he's taking a step forward, obviously in this. Some say. Um, well, I mean, he he could <laughs> do one more than he did his rookie year. That's for sure. They didn't know if he could shoot a fucking basketball. So it's <laughs> like, you know, that's what I mean, though. No, I I definitely know what you're saying. Um, obviously, I think one of the big things. Uh, this summer was a lot of people getting in touch with Kobe. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah. obviously, initially, just because of how much I follow Kobe, yeah. I think initially I have to say uh, Giannis. J- Giannis, Jason Tatum, and Luka Doncic. And Kyle Kuzma, obviously, since you... Luka Doncic is a really sneaky one because Kobe, um, I think, has an insight that Luka's never touched bases with because exactly. of his American, playgr- his American physical physical play style. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, wow. Um so that that's a really good one actually uh and then like the jason tatum one was really scary because of the kid's body and physical abilities to add like technical skills exactly the athleticism to go along with the fundamental technical stuff but Giannis, man him putting on that weight and if he can actually shoot maybe 35 percent, and he showed up three hours early to the to the uh kobe workout which and i'm sure kobe should probably showed up five hours earlier i'm sure kobe was there but uh but no it says a lot i think it was at his facility so obviously kobe was. but no i mean with with Giannis putting on that size if he can shoot maybe 35 percent on three threes he's scary a game he's scary he really is scary player he's just like i mean he's like a better version than all these other people that are like getting hyped up you know like ben simmons if he could get a shot like anthony davis i put giannis over anthony davis yeah i think giannis has way more of a uh perimeter potential than anthony davis does anthony anthony davis is closer to a center whereas giannis is closer to a fucking point guard exactly my point okay well what do you got all right, question number two, question number one for me, actually. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bosch said that he is attempting to make a comeback in the NBA. We know he had to step away from the game uh, because of blood clots and some other health issues. Do you think an NBA team, or an NBA team should take the risk of signing Bosch? No. He, no? No. All right. Only reason I say that is because I think we got to look out for this guy's health. Yeah, but and I mean... Well-being, if, and, and I mean... These guys have the best doctors in the world, and if there's any sort of like scare to that kind of stuff, um, I don't think it's worth it, man. I mean, I mean, I would love to see Chris Bo- if it was if it was something different. I would love to see Chris Bosh get out there and play. Yeah, you know if it I was mean? like a knee injury or a or, back or, or or yeah, or even like some other illness, you know, like it, it, Jeff Green had open heart surgery. So did Channing Fry. It, it's so it's like. But blood clots and, and stuff like that, threatening a stroke and yeah. your circulation when you're an athlete and your your heart rate's so high. It's big time. Um, it's just not worth it's just not worth it either. This man accomplished so much. Um, two time NBA champion, uh, probably a ten time all star, you know, close to it, uh, a lottery pick. Uh, one of the best power forwards. Part of the game. best draft. Part of one of the best draft classes in history. And and I mean I think he's got a Hall of Fame credential. So do I. At the at the end of the day, I think the ten years that he put in, he showed he could be twenty and ten. He showed he could play with the best player in the world, 
He showed that he could win championships. You know, um, he showed the everything that he could do. He won gold medals. Um, no, he, he. I've got a ton of respect for Chris Bosh. Met Chris Bosh actually. Oh, that's um, pretty cool. I met Chris Bosh. He was at dinner with Dwayne Wade. Oh. At the uh, bar I used to work at. Um, oh, he, he came was, in one of those times. He came in one of those times. Yeah, that's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Um, it was actually him and his wife, and then and then. Uh, uh, Dwayne and, and Gabrielle. Oh, very cool. And Bosch's wife actually paid for the bill. Ooh. And I, I figured out, like, I it, it actually confused me at first, and then I made it realize it's like that way, neither one of those three signed it. Yeah. Because all those three, like, you autographs known. are, like, worth money, too. Like, people would hawk Gabrielle yeah. Union, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch. Right, for sure. Um, but, but real quick, I know the timer buzzed. No, no. But, um, to to your point on you thinking he's a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer and I, I think he's a Hall of Famer is I heard people talking about how to like rank players all time in terms of like the best players in NBA history is like oh, yeah. yeah yeah can you tell yeah. can you tell the history of the NBA without that player I don't think you can tell the history of the NBA without Chris Bosh yeah those are the kind those are the type of things it's like people have different impacts on the game in different ways there's some people that are just blessed with like unreal stats yeah there's some people like tony parker and manu Ginobili that were just blessed with unreal uh production it's the difference between you know it's the difference between chris bosh and then pal gasol yeah and then sean kemp you know For what sure. what do you value here For you sure. know what i mean there's there's these guys that can do that we're great in different ways yeah now we'll we'll put that conversation on hold because I I have a question coming up that that will get onto that very same track. All right. Okay. So I got uh, you got right. your second question. Now. Yep. Um, Dejounte Murray oh. uh, goes down. So uh, bad. So so sad. Super sad. Uh, injuries are the worst. Why are they a thing? Um, Lonnie Walker the fourth goes down. Eight, looking at eight eight weeks. Yeah, that's tough. Spurs uh, are in a tough position. Do these significantly now I know they changed the outlook, but do these significantly change the outlook for San Antonio this season? I'd say yes. I definitely like DeJounte was lined up. Here's my biggest thing. T P was out of the building. That's exactly where no, I'm going. That's the only reason why they got rid of him is to show DeJounte that he's the man. Uh DeJounte's coming off the being the youngest player to ever make all defensive team. Yep. Um, his all of his numbers were going to jump. All of his usage was going to jump. And then Lonnie Walker, I thought, was a really, really good piece that they had. To, like, I think I thought that was the perfect piece of San Antonio clay for them to mold. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Lonnie Walker was going to be that perfect eighteen to twenty-two minute six, guy. Six seven, six seven, and hyper athletic, great outside shooter. They could have turned him into any player they wanted to. I uh, couldn't um, agree more. Lonnie Walker is one of those guys where I joked when he got drafted, I was like, fuck, Lonnie Walker's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he got drafted by the Spurs. He has the skill set. He, he's he's set up. He's the perfect He's the perfect type of player for Pop to mold into who he needs to be. Yeah, mold, a.k.a. San Antonio piece of clay. <laughs> That's what he is. That's yeah. a new thing now. No, I, I I agree. I think losing both of them is going to be huge for the Spurs. I think it's going to be significant. I think it cha it changes their it changes their rotation completely. For sure. Um, luckily they're they're deep. Um, and they have players, you know, like Patty Mills, and they have players like uh, Rudy Gay and stuff yeah. like that. They um, have guys that can fill those holes, but, but that's two. That's two players that Pop had in his top eight or nine guys in the rotation. Yeah, so no, that, those are big losses. There's some player that's going to get minutes that wasn't going to get minutes now. So for sure. All right. All right. My second question: another one of those mix mix and match lineups. 
All right, let's do it. All right, the first lineup. Anthony Davis. Okay. Lowry Markinen. Okay. Jason Tatum. Okay. CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, okay. De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron? Yes. All right, so you got you got Ant, Laurie Markkinen, Jason Tatum, CJ McCollum, and De'Aaron Fox? Yes. Okay. That's, my pretty, that's a pretty good one. My second team, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Aaron Gordon. Okay. Ben Simmons. Okay. James Harden. Okay. Trey Young. I was like, okay, you... I think I don't think this is even a question. I think the second team is fucking handing them the business. Oh, see, Corey thought the first team was going to hand the second team the business. I knew Corey's ass that it was going to say that. Well, I don't. I guess he he like, yeah. I mean, he doesn't like Ben Simmons, so he's no, he like doesn't. straight there. Like that's the tra- that's a trash. He net. said he didn't like two players on the second team. Yeah, he hates Trey Young and he hates and he hates <laughs> Ben Simmons. I know that he he's not like a huge James Harden fan, but I know he's going to give James Harden his credit over CJ uh, McCollum. And I think that's the same with Cat. Like, I don't think he's necessarily a huge Cat or Harden fan, but he doesn't, like, dislike them at all. Right. Um, and then Aaron Gordon would probably be like, I don't know what his opinion is on Aaron Gordon, but I know I like Aaron Gordon more than he does probably. Yeah. Um, and then the other team, it's like, you know, the the backcourt, it's like, I'll take Trey Young and Harden over De'Aaron and CJ all fucking day. Yeah, see, that's... And then I, I'm, I'm low on Jason Tatum, and I'm low on Ben Simmons too, but... I'm low on Jason Tatum, so I give that more of a wash, whereas most people give Tatum the edge or Simmons I'd give the Simmons the edge. So, yeah, see? So that's it. Okay, so maybe that one more is more of a wash. Um, and then, like, Aaron Gordon, Laurie Marketing, like, that's such a tough cover for both right, those guys. Right, um, and then That's Ant, why I like Ant that matchup. Catter, like, Ant and Cat are a wash. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go with the second team because I think they have a stronger backcourt. The only issue is, like, that second team has just, like, so much. Like, who brings the ball up the court? Fucking Ben Simmons, Trey Young, or James Harden? Yeah. All right. I got you now. All right. Let's do it. Last question for you. Yep. Um, with uh, which NBA team you got this year that's going to be kind of the, uh, the miss or the make playoff team that no one else is seeing? And this is for you. I mean, this is teams that you think. Not not like not that everyone else and I'll show you mine. My examples is like I'm not I think Denver's bound to miss the playoffs again. I and think I Den- think most people pick them to for sure be in the playoffs. I have Denver like, making the playoffs. I think Dallas and Chicago have much more of a chance to make the playoffs and people for the most part are, are counting them out. You know who it was it was really interesting. I can't remember who I was listening to and I'm really upset that I can't remember. But Colin Coward. No, fuck Colin Coward. Hey, that's one of my faves right there. No, I don't like him. Spokane, Washington, what up? <laughs> hey, that's where I, that's where I fly in uh, to go see my aunt. That's uncle. where he's from. Yeah, I know that's where he's from. But Hoop Fest. Anyway, one team that I think has a better chance. Now, now I don't know if they are going to make the playoffs, but I think they have a better chance than most people are giving them credit for is actually the Cleveland Cavaliers. See, that's a good one. Now, here's why. The East is soft. The East is no competition. There's definitely like two or three playoff spots up for grabs. Exactly. And when you line it up on paper, and obviously we're talking on paper right now, um, I think that with the championship-level role players that are still in Cleveland, they're better than most other teams' second units. Yeah, and they because they have uh, you know they still have a Kevin Love. They still yeah, have, they, they still have Kevin Love's Colin probably going to be an All Star this year. Colin Sexton coming in. Yeah, so I think I think Cleveland. Now I'm not sure if they are going to make the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not ready to say they are. Yeah, I think they have a better chance than most people are giving them credit for. 
I don't know who's going to play small forward for them. Jeff Green? Or no, he's gone. Yeah. No, I, it's, that's the like only position that's really tough for them. Every time I look at their team, I'm just like, damn. Did you see they turned LeBron's clo- uh, locker into a towel closet? <laughs> Smart. That's petty. Better, better than giving it to someone else. All right. My last question, and uh, we're going to pick up a little bit of that Hall of Fame talk we were having a couple minutes ago. So the next three NBA Hall of Fame classes have some pretty notable names that are going to be eligible for the first time for the Hall of Fame. I'm going to throw some names at you. In 2019, a notable... Okay, so 2019, that's the 2014 guys? Yes. So the biggest name that I saw probably was Sean Marion. His basketball reference percentage, like projection for to make the Hall of Fame, 75.6. Yeah. In 2020... We have Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan. In 2021, we have Paul Pierce, all of which are projected at 100% to make the Hall of Fame. Mm. Is Sean Marion a Hall of Famer? That's a good one. Um, I would say yes. I would say yes as well. Um, but then, you know, he's the guy that blurs the line, though, where you're like, all right, is the Hall of Fame, like, really, really, really elite? You know, like yeah, is he, it the hall of hall of really really good or is it the hall of fame? Yeah, like you know, is six all star? You know, like it's you have to really start figuring out where the line of the sand is because he's like he's anyone that's been an MVP candidate. Like if you're an MVP candidate one year, then like you obviously reached the pinnacle of playing basketball, right? So it's really hard for me not to say that someone of that caliber. Um, even at, even if it was just at one point in time or a short period of time that they're not like in it, you know, um, this guy could guard any position. Um, one of of the most unique players I've ever watched. He could not, he shot the ball wrong. Oh, shot the ball very awfully. He was an NBA champion. Yep. Won it in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and And he played on some really, really, really good basketball teams. And, and I think it goes back to the conversation of, to the point that I brought up earlier. What do you value? Well, not what do you value is can you tell the history of the NBA without that player? I don't think you can tell the history of the NBA without the running gun Phoenix Suns. No, and you can't tell the story. Tony invented the seven second offense. Exactly, part of that. Exactly, you can't tell the story of the the seven seconds or less offense with the Phoenix Suns without Sean Marion, because without Sean Marion, that's not the offense that it is. No, no, absolutely not. You need there. All those people were pivotal to what was going on there. So yeah, I I would say Sean Marion is a Hall of Famer. For and me. it's like I also think Sean Marion was like individually like really good like yeah. he happened to fit into the right system and he became a great yeah he felt like his... he would have been really good basketball player anywhere he went and that's another thing that i hold in high regards and i think i think he could also play in today's style he would dominate in today's style i think playing the four um what he would eat uh he was a guy that was a traditional three right played a lot of four um for for mike d'antoni yeah because um, you had damari running the five and he's only six seven so well and it's just like you know they had their lineup that you know where he was three you know three yeah. and four three and four that's what they did and he's one of those guys that can guard multiple positions he's a he's a great elite defender um and he you know he would definitely fit in positionless basketball yeah so all right sean marion hall of famer next year book the it ma- the matrix yeah. All right. So you you had your shout out already, which was Drew Brees. My uh, man. Shout out Drew Brees becoming the the all time passing yardage lead, passing yardage leader in NFL history. That's a mouthful. Uh, my shout out this week is to the Los Angeles Dodgers once again. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, they've reached the NLCS for the third consecutive year and are facing the Milwaukee Brewers for a chance to go to the World Series. 
the Dodgers have three wins, eight to go to avenge last year's loss to the Astros. I feel like this series is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, there's so much firepower on both sides from the Dodgers and Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee has the NL MVP most likely in Christian Yelich. Shout out the Valley kid. Went to Westlake High School. There it is. Uh, they also got two other uh, Valley guys, Ryan Braun and uh, Mike Mustakis, on their team. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I Deepest think this team in sports. Yeah, I think uh, the Dodgers, they're going to win the series in five. That's my prediction. I have them stealing one of these first two games in Milwaukee and then sweeping the next three at home in L.A. Was 1988 the year they won the series? Yes, it has been 30 years to the year. No, I was just I just like kind of came to that because, you know, no wonder like the Dodgers are so connected to me, you know what <laughs> I mean? I moved to I moved here in August 2013. They make to the playoffs. That was the, or their first their first division title. Yeah, so they was the that la- September. Of the last 6 straight was that September. Yeah, so the start of the run was a month after I moved to LA, right? Yes, and I yes. watched this first run. And now they've made, they've won it every single year since. And I was born in 1988. 1988 was when I was born in October. Yeah, man. Bring it home. I'm gonna. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can. I like. I like being a Dodger fan. It's so much better than being a Mariners fan. I can. I like. I check in. They're always crushing it. I, and you know, well, I disappear for a little bit. I come back. <laughs> I know they got the. You know, I know they got the deepest team in baseball. Probably the deepest team in sports. Um, and they were just, they've been so fucking close the last couple of years that like, I'm ready for it. it. It's, it's, everything's lining up. Well, what's crazy is, uh, from the past three years of them making the NLCS, they lost to the Cubs the year the Cubs broke their curse. Yep. They lost to the Astros last year and hurricane Harvey in Houston and all of that. Mm-hmm. Now it's the 30 year anniversary of the 1988 team. The Dodgers got off to the worst start in franchise history to start the season. They come back to win the division. Yeah. They're in the NLCS now. It's just now. like they've they've just been knocking on the door six straight titles. Um, this would probably this would make it two straight World Series appearances in what three straight in- ALCSs? NLCSs. Or sorry, NLCSs three straight, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Third it, time's a charm. It's just a good progression, you know. We got we we got we got we got to the NLCS. We lost. We got there next year. We won it, but we lost in the series. And then the next year, we're gonna get to the series. It's that natural progression I've been talking about with the Lakers. 17, 26, 35 playoffs next year. NBA championship, baby. No, oh, it, it works good. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the Dodgers. Here, yeah. here, really quick. I gotta I gotta get this off my chest before I forget. Uh, my list goes. It goes Michael Vick. Tom Brady. What are you talking about? Drew Brees. I was trying to think of my favorite five quarterbacks. Oh. I'm trying to put Drew Brees in it. <laughs> well, where he lies. I want people to know where I he lies. I was so thrown off. Michael Vick, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Tim Tebow, Matt Hasselbeck. You better take Tim D- Tebow out of that top Fuck five. no. No. All right. With that, that wraps up this week's episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK Show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode for you guys. Go Pirates. Peace.